0: Welcome to Listen to Me, a multi-voiced exploration of the city with 21 guests sharing their personal experiences of Milan's contemporary art, architecture, design, music, fashion and literature. We explore each theme in 4 episodes. Mi piace questa casa I like
1: this house museum because I got the feeling when I went in and saw the rooms that someone had been living there a moment before. There's a cosy atmosphere, almost as if they were in the other room. And I liked that. I liked it, because you can really savour a little more of this atmosphere of life, of a life lived. Then, of course, there's the collection of furniture and paintings. It's a large collection of Italian art from the 1900s to the 1960s, so, for those who really love that period, it is the place to visit. Of course, as I'm part of the world of ceramics and porcelain tableware, I was more excited by the
0: workshop. The words of designer Alessandra Baldereschi introduce us to the second episode of the itinerary dedicated to design. As we open the door of the Boschi di Stefano House Museum at number 15 Via Giorgio Jan, A house that, as we shall see, is inextricably linked to the great designer Alessandro Mendini. But above all, Casa Museo Boschi di Stefano is the story of two great loves that intertwine. The love between Antonio and Marieda and their love of art. They had no children and virtually adopted many unemployed young artists, buying painting after painting, hosting and encouraging them even when it meant having to sell their own car to buy artworks. Let's hear architecture historian Fulvio Irace, who describes one of his visits to the house museum.
2: I remember visiting this house in the early 80s, when it was still owned by the Mendini family and hadn't been donated to the city yet. It had an incredible effect on me because... I don't know if everyone, but maybe some of our listeners will definitely have been to London and seen one of the most famous house museums, the home of architect John Soane. It's a labyrinthine, extraordinary house, which is the tomb of the pharaoh of collectors, so to speak, with collections overflowing everywhere. And Casa Bosca di Stefano looked like this, obviously with a very different form, but quite a similar meaning. Now we see it in a version that's been slightly polished so that the public can visit, but imagine even some of the doors in the house, the, the bathroom doors, like its counterpart in London, were lined with paintings hung opposite the two walls of the door. So there was a total invasion, let's say, of art objects and paintings, you couldn't see the walls anymore and the art had become a kind of graffiti that seemed continuous, which also created a very, very special effect on the space. You couldn't not be struck by it. Now, again, we're seeing a more normalized version so that people can walk through it, but I still think it has this charm.
0: Today, those works have helped create the Museo del Novecento, the museum of the 20th century, and can still be seen in the Boschi di Stefano apartment on the second floor. But that's not all. On the ground floor, there's also Marieda di Stefano's personal kingdom, as design expert Antipansera tells us.
1: On the ground floor, there's Marieda's ceramic workshop. First and foremost, it was her atelier, where she made these big archaic figures, which all need to be rediscovered in some way, but which are really important. And then it became a very popular school recognized by Milan and its institutions. It was an incredibly popular and important school that joined other ceramic design schools like the Cova
0: in Corso Vercelli. So Marietta Di Stefano was not only a collector, but also a dedicated artist and teacher. The school she founded was active until a few years ago and has not been touched since it closed. Entering it is an exciting experience. The school looks ready to come back to life at any moment, as if teachers and students were just taking a break and could come back to carry on with their work at any time. The aprons hanging up, the unfinished pieces and the dirty tools. Everything suggests creativity that doesn't want to end. Right at the entrance to the home on the ground floor, surprisingly, there's a large armchair. It looks comfortable, but in fact it's completely unusable because it's made entirely of marble. It's the Proust armchair, the work of Alessandro Mendini, the famous designer. This is how Chiara Alessi explains it. Mendini Mendini was a great provocateur,
1: but always had a very subtle way of doing things. He had had a kind of gaze, a vision, that went beyond mere whim. There's always a kind of dramatic spin-off, right? So, for example, the Harlequin figure that always fascinated him so much... That he chased all his life until he himself became Harlequin is a really colourful, energetic and lively commedia dell'arte character. But Harlequin is also a tragic figure, a person who's manipulated, a prisoner of himself and his masters. And I think that his products, his armchair, reflects this a little bit this kind of relationship between a more playful, sarcastic aspect and a more deadly counterpart. I don't think there's been, um, there hasn't been anyone else who has worked so well, so much on this dialogue between life and death. I mean, between the project as vitality and the project also as closure, like a kind of monument... There you go, a monumental project. Progetto monumentale.
0: But why is there a work by Alessandro Mendini in Antonio and Marieda's world of contemporary art? Because Alessandro Mendini is Marieda di Stefano's nephew. He grew up in this house and drew his first inspirations from it, becoming one of the most original interpreters of 20th century Italian design. Let's hear from Chiara Alessi again. Mendini, aveva Mendini had this extraordinary
1: ability to draw thought. I mean, to give a graphic form to a mental structure and make it immediately perceptible. And he says that his aunt and uncle, Boschi, were extraordinary art collectors and travelled around the world. There are interesting passages in his writing where he says that they would come home with a Morandi that was just painted, rolled up, and then Morandi, Fontana, Cara, Savino and Martini really became part of the most important art collection. They collected 200 works at one point. His uncle also played the violin and taught Alessandro to play the violin too. He says, I grew up under this table which was a Rococo and yet also somehow Byzantine table. Perhaps, in some way, um, all this great attention that Alessandro Mendini devoted throughout his life to surfaces, decoration and colour, came from this world, which is definitely a strict, austere, hostile world, right? It probably wouldn't be anything but for a child. And yet, at the same time, it is a world that confronts him in his dreams. Falling asleep under a Savigno, under a Carà, it's only natural that a child will have that image imprinted on him, imprinted forever.
0: Casa Museo Boschi di Stefano is located just a short walk from the stop Lima on the red metro line M1. That's the end of our episode, but don't take your headphones off yet. In the next episode, we'll lead you on a discovery of another of Milan's splendid house museums, the Museo Pol di Pezzoli. To find out more about the architectural features of Casa Museo Boschi di Stefano and its brilliant architect Piero Portaluppi, we recommend you listen to the Listen to Me series on architecture. To listen to the next episodes, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms or visit www.casemuseo.it where you can also buy the Casa Museo card to visit the Pol di Pezzoli Museum, the Bagatti Valsecchi Museum and Villa Necchi Campiglio at a discount price. The Boschi di Stefano House Museum is free to visit.